Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the chips in the PC. It is Saturday, the 28th day of January, Anno Domini 2023, and you, <laughs> you lucky people, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at six minutes after the hour, we're going to be bringing you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose, kick off your shoes, don't get the blues. Here comes the news. If I can get my stupid password typed in, I'll be able to get the feeds up and running. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on to your hats, kitties. Microsoft has started the forced rollout of Windows 11 22H2 to systems running Windows 11 21H2 that are approaching their end of support date on October 10th, 2023. Microsoft regularly... Reg, wow. We're all having trouble Good today. afternoon, Mrs. <laughs> Microsoft regularly initiates automatic feature updates to ensure that it can continue to service those devices near their EOS or end of service dates, end of support dates, and to provide them with the latest updates and improvements. Microsoft said, since Windows 10, we have been helping Windows users stay up to date and secure with supported versions of Windows through automatic updates. We are utilizing this same approach for Windows 11 to help you stay protected and productive. The automatic updates will roll out gradually, starting with the devices running Windows 11 21 H2 for the longest time. For those of you who just can't wait, and I'm sure there are none, some of you out there, open Windows Update Settings and select Check for Updates. If your device is ready, you will see the option to download and install. If Microsoft detects that your device might have an issue, and that's spotty at best, such as compatibility, they that, might... What? So that's if they detect... You'll have an issue. Right. Yeah. They usually don't. They usually don't. <laughs> they might put a safeguard hold in place. In that case, the update will not be installed automatically until the issue is resolved, if ever. Right now, the only compatibility hold blocking the Windows 11 2022 update affects systems with specific driver versions for Intel Smart Sound Technology, or SST, on Intel 11th Gen Core processors that trigger blue screens of death. No, the blue screen of death is not gone, ladies and gentlemen. That issue can be resolved by updating the Intel SST drivers. After updating the affected Intel driver, it can take up to 48 hours before you can install the Windows 11 2022 update on your system. So our poll of the week at soundbites.org, that is Bytes with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is Microsoft, Mike, Microsoft, cheese and crackers on a stick. Microsoft starts forced upgrading <coughs> Windows 11. And your choices are... Thanks, Microsoft. Well, what can it hurt? But I'm not emotionally ready. Meh. Well, time to look at a Chromebook. <laughs> Microsoft. <laughs> and none of the above. So far, we have 29 votes. And uh, heh, Microsoft heh, is almost half of them. Um but I know that you'll have more to say about this, so you can give us a call. 585-966-JAZZ. 
That's 966-5299, toll-free 1-800-790-0415. One thing I just noticed from one of their great updates yeah. is I turned down one of my other computers up in my hammer room, and now all of a sudden I have this great feature that when I open up a program, the stupid thing starts talking to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't find. I was trying to quick figure it's, out. It's under accessibility. Um, it's the screen reader, basically. Yeah, screen. So it's under accessibility. <sighs> you can turn. What you can turn annoying! That off. I didn't have time. It's like, wait a minute. You were supposed to update the system, but not change all these stupid TT settings. Yep, yep. I don't yep. mind them adding new features, but when they change the way something has worked for years, it's really annoying. Right, yeah. particularly when it's something you can turn on or off by yourself. Yeah. I did not ask for this to be turned on. Why yeah, is it on? Yeah. Exactly. I'd... No, I get that. Um, but, yeah, well, look, on the one hand, you got to sympathize with Microsoft. People are using. People are still using very, very... Old versions of Windows. I mean, we're still seeing people using Windows 7, which, by the way, is absolutely no longer supported. So you're entirely on your own. Um, People are still using Windows 10. um, And so you've got uh, a a real problem for Microsoft. How do they continue? Look, they don't want to support the old operating systems. They just don't. But if they don't support them, yeah. they get a bad rap in the community. Mm-hmm. Well, my original Windows 7 stopped working. Microsoft sucks. Excuse, excuse yeah. me. That that operating system is older than well, your socks. Yeah, Why but are you 11, still using though, it? though, requires that new chip. Well, it doesn't... To some degree. It, to some degree. Um, but... It, it, yeah, what but, about my XP? But if you're running eleven, <laughs> well, right, right. I still use DOS. Um, if you have Windows eleven twenty twenty one, then they want you to upgrade to Windows eleven twenty twenty two so they can get rid of twenty twenty one. Yeah, um, uh, they've already gotten rid of most of their support people and all of their QA people. So the the fewer versions of their own operating system, they're a victim of their own success. Mm-hmm. Windows 7 ran great. Oh, it did. I mean, they didn't even have to put out a patch for it. Right. Windows 7 ran great. Which was uh, totally unusual for most systems. I mean, they brought out 8, and right from the get-go, that was a piece of trash that they quick-pulled it and re-endorsed Windows 7. They assumed everyone would be using touchscreen tablets and... They were about, what, five, ten years too soon? Yeah, and they're still five or ten years too soon. I mean, just because a lot of people have them now, but they still don't use them as touchscreens. Yeah. Every once in a while, I I forget that this one has it. Yeah, (laughs) and you touch it wrong. And And I go, take a look at that. Oh, I just clicked on something. Every now and then we'll have someone ask, when is Apple going to do a touchscreen Mac, or will Mac OS ever run on an iPad? And we think the short answer is no. In fact, Phil Schiller had a giant 60-foot no on uh, on one of their uh, 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 <laughs> keynote um, videos once, but, yeah, part, but the latest he didn't want to leave any doubt. Well, we're, right. well, it works the other way. Now, now that the the Mac is running on the Apple Silicon processor, you right. can run on uh, um, iPhone apps on your Mac if the developer lets you. They have to hit a switch when they compile it. Right. But the the targets on a Mac are designed for a pointer. Right and and sometimes even on my iPad I'm, I want to close a tab in Safari that touch target's really small yep. for my finger 
So they assume everyone has a touchpad now on, well, on or, your iPad. Or, right, or, they, or you've, you're using a stylus. A stylus, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. Our first caller is Tim from Rochester, New York. What's up, Tim? Tim? Yeah, I have a question on... Uh uh, on uh, cell phone cell phone safety, a general question and a specific one. Uh, I have a friend who is trying to get out of, out of an abusive relationship, and she's really concerned that her abuser has planted spyware on her phone that enables him to track uh, uh, her calls and her texts. Uh, she she. She told me that he has the IMEI number uh, on the phone, which she thinks gives him unlimited access, to, enables him to do all sorts of bad things. Uh, from what I've been reading, uh, that he that may be helpful, but he also actually needs to have access to the phone to plant spyware on it. Uh, if that's the ca- is that the case? And. What can she do to make sure that she doesn't have spyware and that she locks him out of it? Well, there are a couple of things that she can do. Uh, the safest thing to do is to get a different phone. And uh, get a non-smartphone. And, or get a non-smartphone. Then you can't put any apps on it. Right. Um, look, if, if she has, is it an iPhone or an Android phone? It's an Android. That's actually a little easier. Because if he had access to her iCloud account, he's got much more access to the phone. Well, if he has access to her Google account, too, it's similar. Similar, yeah. but, but not quite as... Uh, the, uh, so, the big- first thing to do is to change her Google password. No, okay. first thing to do is, yeah, change her Google password and then wipe her phone. First, oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this in order. The first thing she should do is remove all the apps she doesn't use every day. Just delete them from her phone. Just in case there is an app in there that looks what about, by a phony name. What about Rootkit? Um, um, what is yeah. it, non-secure apps? He could then, have loaded something like that. Yeah, let, yeah, let, yeah. let, me, let me continue. Then she should probably um, uh, go to securitytango.com um, and under Let's Dance, she should go to the Android section, the Android Alamand, and um, download one of the antivirus programs that are available there um, and run it on her phone to see if there is anything in there that it flags. Once she's removed any app she doesn't normally use, particularly if she sees something she doesn't recognize. Yeah. Um, when in doubt, pitch yeah. it out. You can always when. write the name down. You can always reinstall it. Exactly. So, oh. so remove everything that she doesn't understand or normally use. Check the phone for any viruses and clean them if they're there. Then change her Google password and then wipe the phone and reinstall it like it's new. All the apps she has left will come back down again when she signs in with her Google username and password. 
But the fact that she has deleted apps she doesn't use, cleaned the phone, changed her password, and wiped the phone means that she should, should be clean. The only other thing she could do to be cleaner would be to get a different phone. To do all of that and then get a different phone to log in with. Then the problem moves that if he has her IMEI, um, well, you, the new phone will have a different IMEI, but right, if, he, if yeah. he has her phone number too, um, he he can go to a buddy at the cell phone company and read all her text messages. If if he has an yeah. in at the phone company, then yes, absolutely. Yeah. Nothing you do on the phone will help because they're at the phone company, right? Wow. And and you see a lot of that in in cop shows where they they subpoena. Well, actually, you don't <laughs> cops don't have to subpoena phone companies to get records. Uh, phone companies sell all that stuff to the cops, and and police have portals to log in and easily get your view uh, it. cell right. phone records. All yeah. they have to do is pay for it. Um, so, so if 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 this person has an in at the phone company or is willing to pay the price, they would be able to get all that information. However, if she changes her phone number. And I realize this is a pain in the neck, but if she's trying to get away from an abuser, this is not too much to ask. Right. Uh, Simply uh, uh, first do all the stuff I said to the phone to to clean it out as much as possible. Then wipe out that phone, get a new phone, get a new phone number, and then pull down all the old data. Okay. Uh, with With the new password that she has changed from the old phone. Because that, that username and password is actually living at Google. <coughs> okay. And I'm assuming, that I'm assuming too, that she should password protect her phone. Yeah, absolutely. She, should, she yeah. should do yeah. all of that. She should have, um, if, it's, if she buys a version that is biometric, she could use her thumb, uh, fingerprint. Mm-hmm. Um, if, it's, if it's one of the face... Lock type. She could. She could use her face. Although I don't. I don't like those. I just yeah. don't like them. Um, I and realize it make it's it's a cheaper thing for the phone company to do for the phone manufacturer to do because you don't have to put the fingerprint sensor in. But I just don't like them. I don't think they work as well. And, and they almost all secure. They almost all fall back onto a passcode too. Right. Yeah. Uh, and make and if she can make her passcode um, something that he couldn't guess. Um. Uh, her her stalker couldn't guess because that's a lot of times physical access. You know, in ten minutes, I can download a rootkit and have full control of your phone. Right, and make sure she doesn't leave it anywhere, give it to anybody. Yeah, right. So that okay. I mean that you know it's fairly drastic, but then we're talking about a fairly serious thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Well. Uh, thanks a lot for the information, and I'll, I'll pass it on to her. Yeah, tell her good luck from us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, um, and this is true for everybody, as a matter of fact. Um, password protect your phone. Um, uh, with a, you know, Protect your phone with a password and with biometrics uh, of some sort. Um, I know, oh, what a horrible pain in, in the – what a horrible pain in the neck. I, I have to type in a uh, password every time I turn my phone on. I don't care. That's annoying. You're, and no one wants my phone. You're right. Yeah. You're you. If you're worried about someone getting at your phone for whatever reason, look, we all put everything on our phones nowadays. Yeah. They have our credit cards for pity's sake. 
They have our banking information. There's, there's, there's been talk of, of trying to get the phone classified as, as an extension of your brain protected under Fifth Amendment. Right. So something you know you can't be compelled to testify against. Right. But your phone, that's another problem. They can easily get a subpoena for your phone. Right. I got to interject one thing here. Uh oh. When folks call in, I am only here, folks, to take your name and where you're calling from. I don't like I. That's no joke. When I play that other commercial about hearing what your call is all about, when you call in, I will take your name and where you're calling from. I don't need to know what you're calling about or anything else. If it's something that you don't want on the air, then I'm sorry. I got to move on to the next caller. I don't mean to be rude, but I can't, don't have the time to run this board and listen to what you want to convey and then have me do it. And then you just have to say that all again. Yeah, I'm just repeating us, yeah. myself. So right. I don't mean to be rude. Sorry to the uh, person that I wound up hanging on. Uh, up on, but that's just a fact. I'm running a board, running the phones, and trying to be part of the conversation. Right, and and look, some some weeks, like last week, we don't get a lot of calls, and there's right. space between calls. That's one thing. Some weeks, and and, and like today, the pace the, of this show is is you people. Some weeks there's a lot of calls in a row. It's right, you people. You people. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Fred from Rochester, New York. What's up, Fred? Hey, uh, I've called before about the uh, problem with my NPAS. Um, so I followed the suggestion. I went to Samsung. I spent uh, two and a half, three hours on and off, back and forth. And the only thing they came up with is to factory reset my phone. Uh, all my data was... Um, already backed up multiple places. So I reset the phone, but I did not download any um, any of the apps that I had previous because I was afraid one test. of those had something wrong with it. So right. I put them all in one at a time new. So what I found with Enpass, when I got Enpass back up, um, I could not do a manual... Uh, manual backup unless unless I had uh, lock on leave selected so I would I would uh, select make the backup select the directory and name and whatever right right, right. and then uh, when I logged back into NPass because it's logged out put my user and my password name back in, uh, it would tell me, oh, uh, it's updating or it's uh, backing up, and then I'd get another another bubble coming up saying I've successfully backed up. So if I did not log back in, I would still have a zero-byte file. Ah. If, I did not, if I did not select, and I just stayed logged in, I did not select log out on, uh, on leave if I switch screens, which is I don't like using it, and I haven't used it ever since day one. Because if I go to a if I go to a, a location that does not autofill or partially autofills, you know, I might put in the username and not the password. Might put in the password, and not the username. 
uh, which is a error between NPAS and that site. Um, you know, they don't have all of them quite figured out. Then I have to switch back and forth. So then I'd have to log back in and I'd switch back again, copy it and paste it and log back. It just was crazy. So I've never used it ever. But when I reinstalled it, it was automatically selected and I go, oh, well, my backup is working. And then I went through and made my settings. You know, and first thing I do is I get rid of that because, like I said, I don't like it. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm getting zero byte backups. So I'm going, wait a minute. The only thing I changed was that one setting. And I went back and, and did it again, put it back on, and it worked with that. Yeah, it kind of makes sense that if you're not logged in fully, it can't access your data to back it up. Right. Or won't because it doesn't know it's you. Right. So it should say, please log in and, and, and not right. back up wrong. But if I stay logged in, it won't back up. I, that I don't know. I'd ha- I'll have to do some research on that. I haven't, ha- yeah. I haven't I've, had that issue myself. I've done, it, I've, done it about, I've done it about 50 times. I believe you. I just don't know why. I don't know yeah, if there's a way around it. And, and you, know, you were thinking it might be due to the One UI and not yeah. the pure Android. Right, right, right. Because I don't have a Samsung phone. I have yeah. a, a Pixel. So, so, so uh, Samsung was of no help. Um, like a toothache. It can tell you that there's something wrong, but doesn't tell you how to fix it. Right. Um, and NPASS has not gotten back to me at all. I sent them screenshots and detailed processes in and out that I followed. Um, so any rate, I've been limping along with that and it's, eh, you know, I can, I can, I can live with that. It's not like, that's not a deal breaker. But I've got three things that happen, and I don't know why. And the only thing that I did this morning was I got a, I have a vast uh, mobile security, and I have a vast um, a cleanup, and as well as the malware bytes. So I get a notice from uh, a vast that uh, you know I have apps running in the background. They want to kill the apps. So it drains the battery, and it's using memory and slows the phone down. So I go, yeah, go ahead. Next thing I know, I can't get into – I can't do a backup on InPass any which way. So this and the security software may be inadvertently removing something that InPass needs. Yeah. Yeah, and not only did it remove that, it there's two other apps that I cannot see any logical connection between. But it's happening because it's a few things that I use. It may be happening to more things, but those are the things that I use. Um, my email, if I write an email and then at the end or middle, I say, oh, I want to make an, I want to add an attachment and I add the attachment, everything that I type before adding that attachment disappears. And if you turn off your security software, does that still happen? Um, I, once it, once it happens, the only thing I can do is a is a factory reset. So okay, but that's not what I asked. Once you reboot the phone, if you turn yeah. off your your security software, does that happen? Um, that I can't say for sure because the software has been running for about a week. Everything's been running fine for about a week, and the only thing that I did with with that I can remember that's different is that I went ahead and, you know, wants to kill those, uh, it, kill those apps. It's got a, um, 
I don't know, a couple couple megabytes of memory recovered. My phone doesn't have a huge memory, so right. I figured, well, that's probably a good thing to do. I did that, and the next thing I know, everything is, everything is messed up. So I hear the music. All right, yeah, listen, you've got some, some testing to do, right? Um, um, I've done that, and I was going to explain that next. No, you, okay, look, I, we've got a full bank of calls. Okay. I, I, I got to move on. You got some testing to do. We got to go. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. 29 minutes after the hour. Soundbites member supported Jazz 90.1. Before you call into our show, please make note of the following rules. One, turn your radio down. Two, turn your radio down lower. Three, remember, nobody has invented a good-sounding speakerphone yet. Don't use them. Four, make sure you have a point. It makes for a more interesting show. Five, calling does not guarantee you'll get on the air. No whining. Six, if you do get on the air, please do not tell the host what you just told the screener. We don't care. And seven, is that radio turned down yet? We hope this will make for a more enjoyable program, and we thank you for your time. Online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at uh, 35 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites, and I can't, there it is. Um, and we have Rich from East Arundacoit, New York, on the line. What's up, Rich? Hello, and happy Saturday, and welcome to winter. Thank you, thank you. Summer's almost over. Get used to it. Yeah, that's for Actually, sure. Today's been a little warmer, hasn't it? Than it the rest has. Of the week. Yeah, no, no snow. Didn't Went have to up, shovel this morning. Went up to above yeah. freezing this yeah. morning. My brother always yeah. describes Rochester summer as three days of bad ice fishing. Yeah, he's about <laughs> right too. So what's I up, Rich? couple of quick questions, I hope. Um, when plugging in a thumb drive or a portable drive or anything like that in my Windows 10 machine, it shows several drives, uh, like E through Z or something to that respect. When I plug in a drive, and then if I go to, the, like, the last one, that's where it shows my files. Okay. Um, where did you get this drive? Uh, actually, it's one of yours from the uh, fun drive there. And I also have a portable drive that I've purchased. Um, I've had it for 10 years, I guess, whatever. But uh, I plug that in, and it also does the same thing. It's not just one drive that does it. Interesting. I'm seeing other reports of the same problem. One drive showing up as multiple letters. Yes. How to unpopulate drive letters. Microsoft answer. Nice. <laughs> unpopulate drive. So you have to know what to search for. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so Steve's going to post that link. Great. And uh, that m- might help. Um, Basically says to go into disk management and see how, how many disks it actually detects. Right, because that may be different. It might be that uh, the drive is um, partitioned, but I don't think that's true of the of the ones we give out. No, and I did not partition it myself or anything right. like that. So it sounds like it's this bug that uh, Steve is going to post a, a note about. Okay, great. 
I'll look into that. My second question real quick, and I don't know if you can help me with this or not, but when checking for updates on Windows 10, it seems like my machine takes forever to try to find an update if there is one. Um, and then if there is one, takes forever to download it and install it. It could take up to a whole day to do that. Yeah. Now, I, I have also not just done my machine over Wi-Fi. I've gone, we'll say, upstairs and plugged it in right into my modem and everything else so that it's a direct connection and everything, and still the same thing happens. Yep. Is there something I'm doing wrong or setting wrong or something? Well, according to Microsoft, the thing you're doing wrong is still using Windows 10. <laughs> um, they're, they're, how do I put this politely? Lowering the priority <laughs> on their website for um, updates to Windows 10. Um, because they want you on Windows 11. So even for using their anti-soft, uh, antivirus software and stuff? And any Windows 10 to- thing. Anything. Uh, in addition, it it also depends on the size of that particular update. Most of them are huge. How much free space you have on your hard drive and how fast that hard drive is. So, for example, if your hard drive is a 5,400 RPM spinning drive, those downloads can take forever. If it's an okay. SSD, they might be faster. Particularly in the installation part. So, and so if it's something like the alone and let it sit and do nothing. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. that's the answer. Yeah, the smaller updates, you know, might be a few hundred gig. No, no meg. meg, meg. But then, yeah, then right syndrome. Yeah, then uh, you, you try to download. You know, <laughs> it's not the finger you meant to put. Yeah, twenty-two H two. That that might right. be. Yeah, twenty-two H two might be five or six eight gigs. Because it's the major feature update rather than just the bug fix update. We ran into that in the Mac side. The full Ventura installer is 13 gigabytes. Yeah. And even on our super high-speed internet, it takes forever to download. So I can't imagine Apple doesn't have a really big pipe at their end. Well, sure, they'll have, you know, terabyte pipes. I yeah. get that. but um, Or what CDN multiple. is it coming from near me? Right, Because right. it still takes half an hour to download. Yeah. Sure it would. So, so what you're saying is there's really nothing I can check or look through just to see if it's well, following me down somehow. There are some things that you can do. For example, make sure every, go into your program manager and make sure everything else is shut down. Okay. Uh, you might, you might, uh, what antivirus program are you running? Well, I'm using the Windows uh, antivirus. Theoretically, that's not causing a problem, but you might try the next big download turning that off. Okay. Um, if you're absolutely certain the update is coming from Windows, then turn off the antivirus and see if it doesn't speed it up because it's now not checking every byte that comes in. Have okay. you ever messed with your MTU frame size? Oh, yeah. I have no idea even yeah. what that is. Okay, good. That's actually good that you don't. Some of the stuff you download from the Internet comes in small pieces, and some of the stuff you download comes in huge pieces. So you can optimize it for small, and then the huge ones take longer. (laughs) Or you can optimize it for huge, and then the small ones take longer. 
So it's normally set to a middle of the road 1500, whatever the unit is. Right. Um, so that uh, small ones take uh, time and the big ones take time, but neither of them will be excessively large. Right. But there was a thing for a while where people were, were turning on jumbo frames to make very large downloads faster, which made websites slower because most websites are a whole bunch of little tiny downloads. Right. Yeah, I have no idea what that is or even to play with it. Good. Then in that case, the only thing that we can really suggest is make sure you have plenty of, of free space on your hard drive. Uh, and make sure that you've closed off every other program. It is actually shut down, not just running in the background, but actually shut down. Is and, that going through, like, the task manager and yeah. turning everything off? Yeah. Okay. Well, everything that isn't necessary to run Windows, right? So yeah, uh, many times, for example, many times, for example, when you boot up, a bunch of stuff opens up in the background. Microsoft is notorious for doing that with Office, because it makes okay. it marginally faster to boot when you actually go to run it. MS. But it means that it's running in the background and taking up both um, compute cycles and memory. Uh, MS Config, the system configuration tool, has an option um, that will load um, minimum devices. Right. And you can turn that on. So it's, it's, it's more devices than safe mode, which turns off everything except the core features. But it will also let you go through and turn off things that you don't um, uh, need right now or want to test to turn things off. Right. Okay, I'll look into that also. And those things may help. But again, you've got the problem of, you know, it, it all really comes down to how fast the various pieces of your machine are. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if you've got, like I said, if you've got a, an, a slow spinning drive, not a great deal of RAM, a slow processor... You know, those things all add up. Yeah, it's a little bit of an older machine, but I, I don't know. It just seems like the problem's been more recent than it has in the past. And that makes sense because Microsoft has been doing um, bigger updates as they find more problems. Mm-hmm. You can go to the Microsoft Download Center and manually download the updates. Right. But then you have to know which ones you need. Right. Right. Well, I, and I also have been using the Chrome Flex also on this machine and loading that right. first, and that seems to be running great. I, yeah. I don't have very many problems, if any at all, with that. Nice. It's just the other side with, on the Windows side of everything. Right, 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 right. Well, yeah, because they're two entirely different operating systems, and they don't interact at all. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you very much for all the information. I will look for that posting with Steve on the website, and... You guys have a great rest of the weekend, and enjoy your week. You too, Rich. Thanks. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, we, we're seeing a lot of people putting Chrome OS Flex on old machines and essentially revivifying them. Um, Chrome OS Flex is basically a Chromebook. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm vivified, I don't need to be revivified. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, maybe revitalize would, yeah. be a better, would be a better term. Um, uh, you, you find that a machine that's a little too slow to run the newer versions of Windows and bogs down all the time, when you run a much lighter operating system like Flex, Chrome OS Flex, which is basically a Chromebook, uh, turns it into a Chromebook, um, it's super fast. I don't know where this is. Pavilion. Well, Pavilion. Okay. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Brian from Pavilion, New York. What's up, Brian? Gentlemen, 
Who nope. walked in? Yeah, greetings from the gateway to New York's wonderful southern tier. Nice, great. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, you, were mentioned, you were talking about Chromebooks. I have a tale of woe that I'd like to share with the folks. Sure. I could. I've had several of them, probably four or five. Um, my last one uh, started acting up, so I went and replaced it. It was an older one. I uh, went to a big box store and uh, got one, and it was kind of touchy. kind of didn't work very well. Um, so I ended up taking it back, getting another one, the replacement for it. This one didn't work well either. Um, so I ended up, uh, just going to a different, uh, store and a different manufacturer and, uh, it's, it's back to normal. So what I like to tell everybody, keep in mind that not all Chromebooks, regardless of price, are created equal. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely true. Especially right. if when you go for the cheapest one and then, you know, try to run Call of Duty on it. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, but even as as a Chromebook, you yeah. know, you can get um, some real bargain basement stuff that just isn't going to be fast. You know, it's like it's like you can buy one of those fifteen dollar burner phones, and it's not going to work quite as well as a say uh, iPhone fourteen Pro for a thousand bucks. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you know that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And and you're right. People don't think about that. They think a Chromebook is a Chromebook is a Chromebook. But just well, like with... You, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, the, and the specifications, too, um, on them, you, you pay attention to that. Uh, you can get some bang for the buck for the price. But actually, the one that I got, um, I won't tell you where it was, where I got it, but the one that I got that, that I was very successful with, uh, the actual build quality was better. Yep. Um, it worked better. And um, it also... Uh, uh, it didn't come with a bunch of freebies that were already pre-downloaded on it. Um, I got rid of those. However, the one I, I did, my, my replacement one I got, um, the one that works very well, does have some stuff on it. Uh, it's, got, it's got some cruft on it. Right, right. And, uh, it, and uh, I was one of the things I'd like to find out if you guys know of anything, any way to uh, kind of crack that security and get some of the junk off there, because I'm assuming that it's some marginal spyware. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's not spyware, but it's probably data mining. Right. Well, well, in that, in general, any any less expensive laptop carries the risk that one of the reasons it's less expensive is that someone has paid the manufacturer to add their software to that machine, um, which is obvious. Which is and obvious. I, and, and I don't mind that so much. Right. But there's, there's one there's one app on there I'm not real thrilled with. Well, no. you theoretically should be able to uninstall it. Only, and if, only it, sometimes. Well, yeah. in a Chromebook, you should be able to uninstall yeah, it. Yeah, Chromebook. Um, uh, will, uh, unless they put a management I, well, I don't know what you're banging your phone against, but it's a little oh, I'm distracting. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm outside. Ah, okay. Um, My bad. Uh, but y- you should be able to uh, uninstall anything you don't like unless they put it in ROM, and if they put it in ROM, you're stuck with it. Yeah, you're SOL. Um, and that's that's true of Windows and uh, Chromebooks, and, and uh, Macs don't seem to have that problem, but uh, Windows and Chromebooks machines might. Um, uh, and, and there's no, you know, there's nothing I know of that will remove something like that from ROM. Could be an MDM profile. Could be, it, never it never hurts fast, you know. Right, right, right. But yeah, I'm sorry about the noise back here. We have to hang outside. We're, we're, I live in Green Acres, so I'm actually up on a pole 
Green Acres is the place to be. In Pavilion, oh, yes. Living is the life. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I've got a coat hanger. I have to hang on to one hand and then kind of point it towards the yep. a little piece of tinfoil on it. And you know how it goes. What so you're supposed to do is attach a really long wire to a sheep and shoot and send it running. I, I have chickens. There you go. There you go. Get okay. them flying. No sheep, just chickens. I mean, I could, maybe I could tie a wire to one of those and scare it. There you go. Um, but yeah, I would I would suggest if you cannot look the the simple fact is if you cannot uninstall them, you're stuck with them if they're in okay. ROM. But generally speaking, on a Chromebook, generally speaking, you should be able to uninstall them pretty easily. Okay, because I, I I looked into that and in, in uh um it, it just gave me no options whatsoever. There's no un, there's not even a button for uninstall, and it's it's you know it's not well, a very big app, but it's doing something back there. Any any Chromebook you can uninstall anything pretty pretty easily actually, but not in the program. You have to do, go into the settings. Right. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, dig, I'll dig around a little bit more on it, but I figured I'd call next the expert experts. Especially since one of my favorite stories you told of all time is when you bought a Chromebook and you were putting it next to your chair and turning it off by accident and returning it and being... Yeah. Yes. You know, it's it's nice to know that even the experts... Can be idiots. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'll say it first. Yes. I'll I'll, I'll stop short of idiots. Yeah. Thank you. you But all you have to do is, is open the launcher, which is that little round button on the lower left, which you pop that up and you see all the things... Right-click mm-hmm. on the app you want to remove, and you should get a drop-down menu, one of the choices, which is either uninstall or remove from Chrome. That's right. Well, we'll see what happens. But, yeah. but again, the initial, the initial point of the, the call is, so do a little shopping on that. You know, don't just, like, go on price, because actually the Chromebook I got that's better than the original two I got, which I hated. Well, I shouldn't say hate. I don't hate anything, but I, which I disliked a lot. Right. Was, uh, it, it was actually 40 bucks cheaper, and it's a better quality machine, and it's it has better specs and everything. And it has a little bit of cruft on it, like I said. But I'll get in there and dig around in there and see if I can't get rid of, get rid of that, too. So Perfect. All right. Well, you guys are the class of the league, and thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. Have a terrific weekend. Bye-bye. Yeah, um, he's absolutely right. You know, you, you can often uh, – look, uh, about 90% of the computers I have are refurbished. Um, and so far – knock on wood – all of them have been fine. I hear interesting explanations on both sides. So I personally don't recommend refurbished because right. that means they were returned for some reason. Right. Were they returned because the customer just didn't want it? Or did they have problems with it and return it? Could have issues. Right. right. But if they had problems with it, this is the other side, uh, other argument, the, the, the company went through replaced any broken components and now it's better than new because it didn't just come off the factory line it's been tested right. that individual unit so maybe it's better than a new right. machine so it's, far so, this one is what seven years old and it was refurbished to begin with it runs every day I, i'm i'm thinking seriously about buying another one just because this is seven years old yeah uh but we'll see all right back to the phones our next caller is mark from Greece, New York. Hi, Mark. What's up? Hello, guys. How are you? Peachy, how are you? I'm good. Uh, you gentleman that said he puts in his flash drive and gets multiple drives. Yeah. Um, my, if I find if I plug in a flash drive to my printer or or a memory card, it uh, activates all the multi-memory card drives in the printer. 
they show up. Oh, so the SD, the MMC, the the XD, the yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So oh, yeah, but, that's true. If he's plugging it into there, that may be his problem. If he's not, then it's it's probably the other thing that Microsoft has. But I find that mine all of a sudden shows up every, every drive in there for the, for the multi drive uh, uh, slot. Right. Yeah. I've also discovered that that if it's a drive I got from somewhere or someone, it may have been formatted by them in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, I, I had a couple of drives that I bought directly from Amazon, but they came with software for a printer because they were made by the same, it might have been Epson, but it was a, the same manufacturer of a printer. And so they came with that printer software on a separate um, partition. partition. Yeah. Um, so it may just be that, you know, that's the one they send out with the printer and they had a bunch of extras and got rid of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, I can see, I can see that. You know, even if you just buy it clean off of uh, uh, some website, you may be getting something that was originally designed for something else. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention is I know how Dave hates the start menu in ten, and I don't think the start menu in eleven is any better. Actually, it's worse. It's in the center, yeah. and you can't move it now, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got mine moved. Over. Well, this third-party tool, so it'll let you do it. <laughs> right. I, I I went I went into set and gave him my son's new one that we ordered for him, and it, it moved. It moved to the left. Nice. I, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, there's a program that I can highly recommend called uh, Start Menu X, and I'm loving it. It it brings back. Uh, it, it's it's similar to seven, but not quite as um, uh, cartoony looking. I would say. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, program works well. They have a free and a pay version. Uh, there's not many more perks to the pay version. Um, but sometimes but it's just nice to give the guy some money. Exactly. Well, the person I shouldn't be selfish. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I would highly suggest this to anybody who hates those tiles in 10, or hates the simplicity of the new one in 11. And this also works with Windows 7, it says. Yep. 32-bit and 64-bit. So that's, nice. And in, it looks like it's in a dozen languages, too. This is a pretty slick program. It, um, it uh, automatically uh, figures out if you're 64 or 32 <laughs> co- and installs it. The company nice. name is Ordinary Soft. Ordinary yeah. Soft, I like it. <laughs> Well, it clearly sounds like uh, somebody's done a nice job there, and, and it certainly doesn't hurt to throw them a few bucks. Yeah, and it's not very expensive. Right, right, right. So um, good, it's, well, good, it's well good. worth it. I just thought I'd throw that out there for you. Good one, Mark. Thanks. Yep, you got it. Thanks. Have fun. You too. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I, I should just uh, remind everybody that we do um, like to ask people uh, remind people that it is a good thing to throw a few bucks at the programmers of shareware or whatever they're calling it these days um, because uh, it encourages them, particularly in these parlous economic times, it encourages them to keep that software running. We've all, all seen uh, instances where we love a piece of software and it suddenly disappears because it's just not economically feasible for a person to spend all their lives uh, uh, doing uh, something for free. Uh, it just is the way of the world. You know, people got to make a living. People got to feed their families. 
So, and you're helping support keeping that software going. It's just like uh, the one that we started out originally, which was freeware for the longest time, was Revo Uninstaller. Right. Well, now they've gone to. They still offer the pre uh, the free version. You can get that free, but they give you incentive that if you get the paid version, it comes with a lot more features. Right. And they just added another one where if you don't want to buy a subscription for each computer, they offer this what they call the portable. You download it to a thumb drive, and you can put it that thumb drive in any any of your uh, computers and clean them up. Right. Right. The thing is, we're so used to free now. Mm-hmm. You know, you get uh, a bunch of free stuff from Google Drive. You get a free bunch of stuff from apple uh, uh i work i drive I iCloud. cloud um uh, and there's too many of them yeah there's too many of them um why is this not working all right uh that music tells us that you have wasted an entire hour of your life i'm finding it hard to believe you spent an hour at this already but don't go too far we will be back for a whole nother hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe, that would be Soundbites with Dave Enright, with Steve Ray, with me, Nick Francesco, and with you. It is 59 minutes after the hour. You're listening to Soundbites right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Take a quick bio break, but come on back for a whole nother hour of this nonsense. And uh, don't forget, we're on Twitch, and we're on YouTube, and... We're on uh, streaming, and we're here live, and what? And we're on Facebook, and it's hard to avoid us. We'll be chasing you down the highway to jump into your car in a couple minutes. See you you shortly. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece, Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District, Jazz 90.1. On Instagram at WGMC Jazz 901. Welcome back to America's longest running computer show, Sound Bites, on member supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966 Jazz. That's 966 5299. Toll free 800 790 0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at five minutes after the hour, we are hurtling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe, Sound Bites, right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Dennis Worcester says I'm overmodulated. That's my life, Dennis. That's, I thought I fixed I'm that. Personally, in my, in my real world, I'm uh, overmodulated. I think Rob changed all the settings back to default. It's, it's very and it possible. Me- and it messed me up. <laughs> All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Sherry from Rochester, New York. Hi, Sherry. What's up? Hi. I got two questions I know you'll have a quick answer for. (laughs) But no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have a six-year-old HP Pavilion laptop, and I've been having problems with the battery. I know they don't last forever. That's a quick one. Get rid of it. (laughs) Next question. Oh, oh, because it's six years old? (laughs) No, go ahead. Okay, well, I always thought that even if the battery died or whatever, it will still work okay plugged in. Is that correct? 
Um, it depends. Mm-hmm. Some of them will not boot without the battery in and working because the power to the device goes through the battery. Oh, so if the battery dies but it's still plugged in, it's a possibility it may not work? It is a possibility, yes. yes. We've also oh. seen issues where, uh, say it has a 45-watt charger, 45 watts is enough to run it or charge it. But not both. But not both. Yep. But if you get a 60-watt charger, that might work. So if you unplug the battery and then plug it in directly, it doesn't work? Um, it it kind of works. It'll start out like, oh, you're at 7%. Oh, your battery's low. You better plug it in. I plug it in, and it really isn't charging, you know, because I can see from the battery meter. Mm-hmm. It's not going up, so... And then one time it kind of like booted me out of the screen and everything. I'm having all kinds of issues. That could be just the battery health. It can't charge anymore. Right. Yeah. It's just a dead bad six-year-old uh, You laptop. can get a replacement. You should be you able know. to get a replacement for an HP Pavilion. Battery Biz used to be around. It was a company called Battery Biz. And they would sell, I don't know if they're still around. But batteries they, and bulbs was local too. But um, there was. And Batteries well, Plus. Yeah. Oh, they're closed down oh, here. They're closed now. Yeah. No, but um, you can order replacement. I can't replace the battery because it's all enclosed. You know, the machine—it's all closed up. I can't open it. You can't get uh, underneath the. This is a laptop, well, right? Yes. Yeah, on the bottom part, there's not a battery that pops out. No. no. A lot of them are now. You have to unscrew the whole bottom panel, pull the bottom panel off to get to the battery. Pain. Yeah, I think door. in this one you have to pull the feet off. Yeah. And the and the screws what, are underneath that. What model pavilion was it? Um, I'm not sure. Um, it's kind of hard getting that info. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you right. if you Google replace pavilion model number battery, then. Yeah, I did. And if yeah. if, if it looks daunting, then uh, you might have to yeah. bring it to a shop. Yeah. Well. I, you know, I, I plan on not using it anymore anyway after I, you know, get the battery, you know, get whatever I want off of it. But I just wanted to know that about the battery. So, yeah. Okay, so thanks for that. So my next question is about the Chromebook screen size. I've been trying to find a Chromebook with the largest screen I could get, but the only thing I've been able to find is like 15 inch. Do they make them bigger than that? Yes, I have a 17 inch. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I haven't been able to find one. I mean, I've been searching on the Internet, you know. So they're out there then, right? Oh, they absolutely are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Plus, you can uh, also just Acer. Hook it, Acer made mine. You can also hook it up to a TV. That's true. Or a bigger monitor. You want a bigger monitor, you can just, uh, you know, hook uh, through the HDMI. Plug it into a TV or uh, get a bigger monitor. Acer and Asus both make um, 17-inch monitors. Uh, So does Lenovo. So does HP, I think. I know Lenovo does. Your best bet is to um, just Google Chromebook 17-inch laptop. Okay. Uh, The first one, two, three, four links. We're all, oh no, the first two links are Amazon, the next one's Walmart, Best Buy. Okay, do you think it's necessary to have um, a large amount of RAM on the Chromebook? Generally, well, it depends entirely on what you do, but generally not. What most people do when they're using a Chromebook 
is they're also using Google's um, Drive applications, Google Docs, Google Sheets, etc. And those are all stored in the cloud, so you don't need storage on your machine. Um, what I got with mine was uh, with mine was uh, um, eight gig of RAM and sixty four gig of of hard drive, and that was specifically because at the time I was making a lot of trips across the country, and when I was on a plane, I wanted to watch a movie that I could download to my um, uh, device. Right. But generally speaking, I almost never use that amount of, you know, I use a minimal amount of, of disk space and, and, uh, and uh, RAM. So um, generally speaking, again, it depends on your use case, but generally speaking, 4 gig of RAM and a, a 32 gig um, uh, drive should be fine. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, that's why I was... Yeah, I'm done with this HP laptop. I'm not buying any more Windows. I'm done because I'm sick of it. So I understand. Believe me. Believe me, I get it. Um, Preaching to the choir here. Right. But before you go buy a Chromebook, think about your use case, right? If mostly what you do is surf the web, write some stuff that you could could do on Google Drive, um, uh, maybe listen to streaming music or... Mm-hmm. stream movies, that sort of thing, then a Chromebook is ideal for you. Open the Chrome browser on your PC and run that, run only that for a while. Don't run any other apps. Right. Yeah, because yeah, because you run everything in the browser. Right. I'm familiar with all that. Plus, I have a desktop, you know. Right, right, I right. Use. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm okay with all that. It's just, you know, this laptop. Yeah, because you know, the desktop is upstairs, the laptop is downstairs that I use all the time. You know, right? But yeah, I'm I'm getting a Chromebook. I can't deal with this anymore. So, I don't welcome know to gonna, the light yeah, side. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do about the desktop upstairs when I can't use the Windows anymore. But I'll probably just unplug it, like Dave does. Well, you can install Chrome on the desktop. You can Chrome OS Flex. Yeah. yeah, you can just unhook it from the internet and still use it. I mean, right. it'll still work. Right. That's my plan. You yeah, know, to do that. Right. Just unplug it. Yeah. Well, yeah. You well, just... by then you'll know how well a Chromebook works for you, and you'll have more options available. Oh, I'm pretty sure I'll be happy with the Chromebook, you know? Yeah, just I think so, too. Transferring stuff off of this laptop before it dies, you know? That's a separate issue. Right. I get yeah. it. Do it now. Right, yep. that's what I'm trying to do. That's why I need to help with the battery. <laughs> right, right, right. Get the uh, get well, yourself a couple of good thumb drives, good sized thumb drives, and worst case scenario, though, if that laptop happens to die on you because of the battery, right, you can always have the hard drive taken out of there, right, put it in an enclosure, and then you you know, you'll be able to hook that up to your Chromebook, still access it or to your get- desktop. Yeah, or the desktop to, uh, you know, get access to those documents or photos or anything else and back them up somewhere on the cloud. Yeah, I've done that before with a yeah. laptop and with a desktop, <laughs> you know, so. It can be an extra storage thing right. for you. Once you get rid of that laptop because it's dying, pull the hard drive out and use it as an extra storage device. Yep. Right, I just don't know how I can get into it, you know. Well, there are a lot of screws. Oh, yeah, but no, usually if you flip a laptop over, it'll tell you, you know, oh, this panel here, you take this off, you get it the memory. 
or you yeah. take this panel off here and you get at the hard drive. And if it doesn't have panels, uh, you'll be able to, again, it, once the machine is dead, you don't care what happens to it, yeah. right? So right. you pry off the feet and generally under the feet, if it's a single flat back with no openings, generally right. under the feet are the screws to pull the whole back off. Tell you what, if it dies and you want to get the hard drive out, right. you call the show here and I'll help you out. Yeah, I, I've done it before, you know, and I just flipped it over. I do see the screws on the back. You there know? you go. So I can do it, I guess. And HP is pretty good about having visual instructions on that. Yeah, YouTube yeah. videos. I would, I would absolutely figure out which model you have and then um, search for YouTube videos about how to take apart that particular model. And then right. watch that YouTube video <laughs> three or four times before you start cracking. They'll walk the you bag. right through yeah. how to take it out, change a hard drive or memory or anything else. And 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 you have to make sure it's the right model you search for because even among the HPs, there'll be slight differences between the Pavilion twenty three hundred and the Pavilion twenty four hundred. Yep. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I I have the HP uh, Health Check thing on there, you know, um, right. and it. You can go right into HP, and it tells you what model and everything you have. Perfect. Do oh, that. There you do go. that. Absolutely. Just, I just wish I could get a battery for it. That's all. Well, well so, once you, you get the model number, you you probably can, if not from yeah. HP or th- the, uh, from a third party. Yeah, like right. bat- like you say, battery biz or that. You do a Google search on replacement batteries. For that specific model. Yeah, well, you go to... Go to that website, and usually at that website, they'll say, okay, what type of battery are you looking for? And you got to put in the, the model number, and sometimes they'll even ask, depending on laptops, the version, you know, because they could have, you know, HP, you know, Latitude, and then uh, some other sub 1500, 1520. Yeah. Yep. Right, right, even, right. even though it's six years old? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the battery, they, they, well, that's the thing. Search for it. It is quite likely that they're making a battery for it still. Or so, if not HP, then a third-party company would oh, be. okay, yeah. yeah. And then again, uh, search for battery replacement of that particular model on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Watch that video three or four times. Yep. Right. <laughs> and then crack it open. You know, you sound like you're uh, more than willing to pick up a screwdriver. God bless you for that. Go for <laughs> it. Before, so. uh, Nick breaks out in sweat. I do. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, I can understand that because you want to be grounded. You know, that's the thing I worry about. Am I grounded right. enough? Right. You know? right. All right. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank you, Sherry. Good luck. Let us know how that works out for you. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. I gotta, yeah. I gotta take a new iMac 24 inch apart next week when the new logic board comes in for oh it. Oh boy, it's glued on all four sides. So that's the the other problem we're starting to see. All of Apple's batteries are now, well, no, no, they, they're slowly moving away from the batteries are glued okay. into the computer, and that helps with the structural integrity field. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, um, and they don't need a lot of uh, the internal bracings and supports that there used to be inside laptops, which make them thinner and lighter. But it does make them almost impossible to replace. Right. So, And Apple on, doesn't care about that. Well, on later models, more current models, they have started putting in removable battery um, uh, glue strips. So the batteries, so they're still not user replaceable, but they've made it uh, uh, much easier um, for service departments to be able to replace batteries alone. Because it used to be the whole top case assembly. So the, which is handy. You need a new keyboard, you get a fresh battery. Right, right, right. You need a new, you need a new battery, you get a fresh keyboard. Yeah. Right, right. 
All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Gerald from Rochester, New York. What's up, Gerald? Hi, good afternoon. Hi. Uh, quick question. I switched over from an older computer to uh, an HP All-in-One, did all my transfers, uh, and my issue is I'm a big picture taker. I got about 50,000 pictures. I'm an enthusiastic amateur. Uh, and uh, the there's, a, there's somehow, I don't know how I got there, but there's a copy of every one picture under the actual picture. Copy, 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 all the way down. And um, I have an outboard uh, hard drive where the picture is, uh, the picture file is fine. So my question is, is there a, a nice right-click way of getting rid of the copies? Or failing that, can I safely eliminate the file in the C drive and then transfer over file in my hard drive? over to the C drive? Um, either. Uh, you want to be very careful because pictures, if you if you screw that up and lose them, you're done. Yeah, there are several okay. programs that claim to be able to find duplicates and remove them. They've gotten a lot better over the years, but um, if you take, like, three pictures in a row, those right. aren't the same picture. Right. Correct. Um, even though they look almost identically the same, you know, the timestamp will be different on them, for example. So having the computer tell what is, is different or what's the same is now coming down to what we're calling machine learning and neural engines right. to figure out if the picture is the same or not. So it's not just the file size, date, and time and things. Are these... Oh, yeah. So you're, you're talking about like when you're bracket shots. Right. You know. are, uh, are, okay. are these files named like... Picture of Joe, copy one, copy two, copy three? Pretty pretty organized, and I've got files. You know, I've got files for family. I've got files for uh, Europe, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, but you've got copies of everything. Do they say the word copy in the file name? Um, Or they got usually a number in parentheses. Right. Well, let's see. My point is... if I'm they do, of, okay, go ahead. I'm just, and I'm kind of stumped because I, I just went to the file and I don't see the copies anymore. Something, uh, some Deus Ex Machina here. I don't know what happened. It looks good right now. Okay, well, you're welcome. <laughs> so maybe it was a display bug or it was displaying the same thing twice. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. actually a second copy. Ah, okay, well, that might be. There okay, you go. I think I'm good to go for now. Thank you very much. All right, you're welcome. Another problem solved by the crack team at Soundbites. Ta-da. Go, go look again. Thank you very much. Next caller. <laughs> you know, so I got to be honest. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what works. Go look again. Uh, we see that uh, irregularly, but we see it. Um, it. It does happen. And so... Um, we're we're uh, we're glad. So, um, yeah, I, I have to I have to say, I got to I got to tell a little story on Dave. Um, as you know, um, I've said this a number of times. I've been um, taking in old laptops, putting Chrome OS Flex on them, and then moving them on to refugee families. I don't have any refugee families at the moment uh, to pass them to, so I'm not taking any more in. But Dave gave me one. Um, lovely computer, a ThinkPad. It was just gorgeous. Um, and I got the operating system on it and got it all set up and ready to go. And 
Well, like you say, I rebooted it, it one more time, and all of a sudden it said fan error and shut down and has not booted since. It Apparently, the fan froze, and that model won't run if the fan's not running. Okay. Cause like, so you got rid of it just in time. <laughs> time means everything. But well, like I said. Because if you didn't have a backup, and that's my point to you people, if he didn't have a backup or the timing it. was wrong, done. So if you haven't made a backup today, you're behind. Well, see, that's why, again, I, I said it, I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, a few months ago, I had one of my desktop units die on me. And it was like, okay, no big deal. I'll just order another machine. I made a note. You know, I had a note of what programs I wanted on this thing. Unlike the old days, if it died, it was like, oh, shoot, there goes all my bookmarks, all my photos, all my, you know, emails and everything else. And I'm toast. No, I just got the new one, logged into my Google account. All my bookmarks, my contacts, my emails, everything was still there. Still there. It's not a problem. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so, but still, had Dave had a bunch of stuff on his uh, desktop itself, on on the the laptop, uh, documents and stuff like that, um, he literally replaced it. At the last moment. I mean, it booted twice after I got my well, hands like I on said, it. I knew something was going on because, like yeah. I said, I was plugging an, uh, this radio into this uh, USB port. And it was working fine. Then all of a sudden it got glitchy and it was n- losing communications. So I switched USB ports. It was working again for a little bit. And then that port started getting glitchy. And, and that like, was a fairly old computer. Yeah. And I get that. Um, you know, I get it. I had fun with it. It served me well. It, for yeah, it owed you nothing. No. So, yeah, I get that. But uh, that's just enough. And, and I don't mind. You know, Dave Dave passed it to me to pass to somebody else, and it died. Oh, well. I'm Better glad. it died with me than after I passed that's it on. That's what I was just going to say. Thank God it, yeah. it died then. Then I hate to get somebody else going, and then all of a sudden it died. Yeah, right, right, right. I so feel, I, you know, I I, really I'm not feel feeling bad. bad. I don't, I'm not yeah. upset. Obviously, it's all Feels, fine. I would have felt bad. Right. And I would have felt bad too. So uh, it's good that it died when it did. Yep. But, but it's a cautionary tale for everybody. If you've got stuff on your hard drive and you haven't backed it up today, that clock is ticking. Because they don't give, they don't always give warnings. Right. You know, the best way to, analogy that I can put to it. Folks, you know, they say, well, you, it's like a light bulb. You don't know when that's going to go out. Because usually it's that one time that you flick the light on and I'm sure everybody's seen this. It all of a sudden goes real bright, super beyond brightness, and then all of a sudden pops and then dies. It didn't give you a warning three other times before when you turned it on. It was just that one time you walked into the room, went to flick it on. It goes super bright and then black. And now most computers nowadays have smart drives. S-M-A-R-T. I don't remember what that stands for and I don't care. Uh, But they're smart drives and they do their own diagnostics. So you can run programs that read those diagnostics and tell you the health of your hard drives. When was the last time you ran one of those programs? Uh, in addition, smart the drive is not the only thing that can fail in a computer. 
You can uh, pop a capacitor. You can, I mean, there's a million things. So. Well, like our previous caller, the battery. Right. The battery's the battery going dies. on that. And uh, right now she's saying that it won't run right. Right. And I get that. So what, if you, again, again, if you haven't done a backup today, mm-hmm. you're behind. You're, you're playing Russian simple. roulette. It's that simple. You pay your money and you take your chance. And um, I, I've, I'm, bege- I'm old now. And I'm, I've been crotchety for a very long time. See my shirt. <laughs> um, curmudgeon. Right, I'm a curmudgeon. Um, but I, I'm, I'm beginning to lose patience with people who say, I meant to make a backup. Yeah. I intended to make a backup. I meant to get your data back, too. I would but... have gotten to it tomorrow. Well, that's a lie. We know re- that's a lie. You can just recover <laughs> it for me. Yeah, right. Um, so make the... Backup, as as uh, Dave was talking about and Steve was talking about, there's uh, places online that give you 15 gig, five gig, whatever of storage, but there are also something called thumb drives, mm-hmm. and they are ludicrously inexpensive. If you can't pay ten bucks to back up your data, why are you asking me to do it for you? Uh, and now. I'm going to make a caution here. Don't buy the $100 thumb drive that says photo backup. Right. It comes with software to back up your stuff. Right. Windows and Mac both have that built in. Right. And you just drag your photos onto the... You don't need to pay 10 times more than you should for that special program. Right. And And yes, uh, but yes, thumb drives will die as well. That's why you have multiples. They're cheap enough that you can buy 10 of them. And have 10 separate copies of your backup easily, quickly, conveniently. And the other thing, too, though, in using the thumb drives, you know, especially if you've got them in a laptop, do not. Once you've done the backup, take the thumb drive out. I have seen. Eject it properly. Properly. I have seen so many folks that will bang the thumb drive or drop something on it and it snaps. Yep. Yep. And then it's destroyed. Not only the thumb drive, but the connector in the computer. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, be, be very aware of those things. And, uh, um, again, you know, we say it all the time, you don't have enough backups. That means you don't have enough thumb drives either. Whether you're backing stuff up on a, on a hard drive, like Dave said, you can pull an old hard drive out of a machine and, and put, uh, uh, put it in an enclosure and, and connect it to your USB or you can do um, uh, thumb drives, or you've got online storage, or another computer in another room. Um, you know, one of my backups is to a large hard drive on a um, Raspberry Pi, because it doesn't have to be a particularly fast or powerful processor to just do backups. I got three of them. Yeah, and so you can easily uh, do that. But the thing is, you got to do it. Um, there, there's. There's no um, award for I meant to. So go do it. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. If you're on the line, please stay on the line. We'll get to you in a minute. If you're not on the line, why not? Give us a call. 585-966-5299. We'll be back with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. It is 29 minutes after the hour. It's Soundbites. It's member-supported Jazz 90.1. It's us on the other side. Computer talk you can understand.
understand. More Sound Bites is next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. The music behind that announcement does not accurately represent the music you will hear during North Star Sound. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Henry. And I'm Steve Ray. And at, uh, what is it, 34 minutes after the hour, I should look, I, I moved where the my clock is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always looking over here and going, nothing there. 34 (laughs) minutes after the hour, we are Sound Bites, and we have Bob from Hilton, New York on the line. What's up, Bob? Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Peachy, how are you? Good, good, good. Um, Speaking of the backups, um, I have a, let's see, it's a Western Digital Passport. It's two terabytes, a little backup um, job. Yep. Okay, so when I do my backups, I checked on that, and I have 1.64 terabytes on it that are being used. But on my main computer, I only have 976 gigabytes. Yeah. So I'm wondering, why am I getting more on that than I actually have on my computer? Sounds like you've got two backups. Or It's an incremental backup. So it backed up everything once. There's 900 gigs. And then it backs up your changes. There's another 50 gigs. And then it backs up your changes and your changes and your changes. And so over time, you get more and more data on the drive because it's backing up changes and keeping the older files around. So there's basically two ways to do a backup. Um, Three. Go ahead. Yeah, no Sorry. one expects a spending position. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you, you, can, you can basically take a snapshot of the way your drive looks right now, and you'll get the exact same space used on both sides. And then when you change a file, it deletes the old file and puts the changed file in the backup. Or you can do an incremental backup, sometimes called a historical backup or an archive backup, where it keeps all the old versions so that you can go into your backup and see what this file looked like two weeks ago, two months ago, uh, and and get back to the way it was then, not just to the way it was when the backup ran. Ah, okay. And that's a setting in your backup program. Okay, so it's just a setting in the program then. Yeah. You, so you think I'm doing an incremental backup instead of um, a snapshot type? Well, snapshot copies everything all the time. So if you've got okay. a one gig drive, you're only going to get two of those snapshots on your on your two yeah. gig drive. But if you've done uh, what a lot of people do is, and I forget the names because I'm old now, but there's but the the one that where you back up everything once and then you back up everything since the last full backup. That makes it faster to restore because you're only restoring two files, the original backup and then that one backup that's everything since then. That takes more space because obviously that second backup is going to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger as you add more stuff. And that sounds like what I'm doing. Yeah. It does. And uh, there there's can be advantages to that because right. you can see what a file looked like before rather than just what it looked like yesterday. Right. Um, okay. But it does take up more disk space. Well, and they don't make it easy trying to retrieve the old backups. You have to click like 50 things in order to get to the file you want to see. There should be a search. Right. Well, what, what backup program are you using? I'm using the one that came with the Western Digital... Um, hard drive. Yeah, I'm it's not called familiar pa- with it. Passport, it's called. Um, right, right, right. There should be a search uh, uh, ability to search for the file name that you're looking for. 
Well, no, I, like if I wanted to just check to make sure that it was working, which I do once in a while just to make sure, even though it's yep. plugged in, I want to make sure that it's working, you know. So, you know, if I go to check it, I have to click, you know, users, Bob, they have to click a million things to get to the the most recent backup. Because that's where your files are. Right. That's I normal. Mean, I'm doing it, but it just doesn't seem very user-friendly. You have to click so many things to get to, you know, the current backup yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But the, yeah. like we said, you know, you depending on how you're doing your backup, the important question is, I guess, how much space do you want to take up on your backup drive and versus how convenient it is to restore, right? So if if you do nothing but full backups – You'll only get two of them on a two terabyte drive, but they'll be real easy to restore. It's just one file. Right. Okay. If you do an incremental backup, those are each individual new file from the last backup. Okay. Those got are going to be the smallest, but now you got a lot of files to back to, to restore. Right. Okay. A differential backup is you've got one full and then everything since that last full, which is still a bigger file every time you save one, but when you do a restore, it's only two files, the yeah. original full backup and the last differential. That's why Apple's time machine works. If if you look inside the backup file, it uses a hard, uh, um, not hard links, what's the, it uses some weird thing in Soft the file links. system. So, yeah. Every backup looks like a full backup, but it isn't. It's only the changed files. But right. your latest backup shows you the most recent copy of every file. There's also mirroring, which is the f- fastest. And what it does is it is it literally mirrors your original hard drive. So if you delete something on the original, it's deleted in the backup. Okay. And that's the absolute fastest to restore because it's a mirror of your hard drive. But then there's no safety that if that was an accidental deletion or the mm -hmm. file got corrupted. Right. And that's why a lot of of, um, uh, uh, cloud syncing works. It syncs your files to the cloud. So when you delete a file, it's removed from the cloud. It doesn't know whether you accidentally deleted it or you intentionally deleted it. Yeah. And even if you did intentionally delete it, you might change your mind and want it back. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, uh, an archival or incremental backup uh, is is good because you can go back. And if you pay for peak cloud which is the one i use you do get um um a history so you can so you can go back i think it's five i think five it's versioning so you get five versions back so but uh, and i don't remember if that's the exact number don't hold me to that but um so it it really depends on it's a trade-off between ease of backup and ease of restore okay so Um, most people the way they do it is they think what am i going to do more often yeah so ease of backup is usually preferred right in a business setting where if your server goes down you're you're dead until it comes back up again then you you'll well you'll have several different types of backups, but one of them will be, um, um, you know, a real time mirror, right? So that I I switch to this hard drive and everything is exactly the way it was, right? 
Many well, businesses well, actually have many businesses actually have two identical computers. Yep. And one just mirrors the other. And then if the first one goes down, they just take it offline, put the second one online, you're back in business. And Done. Then you, and then you hope to fix the first one before the second one dies, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, I've, I've been meaning to tell you there's three uh, dead hard drives on my RAID 5. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oops. I've gotten that call. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good stuff. And Let me just ask you one more quick question here. Can you recommend any good programs for finding duplicate files? Because what happens is when I back up my iPhone on my computer, for some reason I don't delete them off my phone and I keep getting backups of backups of backups. And I got a lot of duplicate files, but without going through all of them, which would be a real tedious process, is there any programs you can recommend for finding duplicate files? Are you talking Windows or Mac? Windows 10. There are um, several. I actually just posted a link for duplicate photo finders. Yeah, that's what um, which I'm is for. which is similar as well, but okay. again, it's it, uh, the, now the the better ones give you a list of things that might be a duplicate, and you confirm. And then there's some that say these are duplicated. I'll delete them, and you got to hope it guessed right. Ah, uh, okay. Any recommendations? Oh, Kelly, there. I you know what? There's there's a dozen of them. Steve can put up a. Yeah, a link to some. There's all dupe and duplicate file detective and dupe guru and CCleaner had a duplicate file finder built into it. Which, at one point, it did. I don't yeah. know that it still does. But the, but those are all, you know. There's a bunch of them, and and which one is best for you? You got to, you know how how do you use your system? Um, you you need to do a little detective work. I'm afraid. Okay, I will. All right, very good, guys. I appreciate your efforts, and you do a great job every week. Thank Thanks you. Have much. fun. Yep. Take care now. Bye bye. Yeah. Um, depend. It depends on on how you there there is C Cleaner. I think does have uh, a duplicate file finder. Um, I'm actually looking that up right now. C Cleaner duplicate files. Yep. Yep. Duplicate finder. C Cleaner has that. So if you're using C Cleaner. Um, that's a good one to do. And I don't know if that's the paid or uh, free version, I'm afraid, but uh, you'll find out pretty quickly. Back to the phones. Our next caller is Mike from Rochester, New York. Hi, Mike. What's up? Yeah, I wanted you gentlemen to give me some advice, please. Uh, I was reading, uh, I have LastPass, and I've uh, read about three different articles lately about they were pretty massively hacked. And um, I was looking around for some different alternatives. Uh, I saw NordPass, uh, must be new. They want like uh, 70 bucks a year, but they're going to have a half price for $35. It's a lot of more bells and whistles than I need. All I'm looking for is a vault. And um, I just I cringe at the fact that you have to download all about 34 passwords and put them back in again to a new account, et cetera. And um, I don't know if uh, you think it makes any sense to stay with LastPass, hoping that they fix the problem. I know Nick has NPass, so I'm just wanted to see what you guys thought. Okay, I use so NPass also. Let me let me start with what happened with LastPass. Um, they had a breach back on November 30th, and uh, they said, "Yeah, not a problem, not a problem. Uh, some user information, but in a third party, blah blah blah." Um, now, which is about two months later, um, they said the cyber attack actually uh, hit several of its products. And uh, they got customer encrypted backups, as well as the company's encryption key. Ouch! Yes. 
So what um, we're suggesting, this was actually going to be the next uh, news item I read. What we're suggesting is that you stop using LastPass and that if you are using LastPass, you change all your passwords after you stop using it. So what are you going to use instead? Well, I like NPass. Um, it, what I like about NPass is it's not terribly expensive to, to own, and it works on everything. It, it works on your Android phone, so it will also work in your Chromebook. It works on Windows. It works on Linux. It works on Mac. It works on your tablets. It works, uh, you know, everywhere, probably in your refrigerator for all I know. Um, so um, what I would suggest you do is uh, LastPass has an export function. Mm-hmm. So you can export to a CSV, comma-separated variable file. NPass has an import function for CSV. Well, there's a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. So you can export all of your LastPass passwords. Uh-huh. Import them all into NPass, and then go through and starting with, like, your banking information, change those passwords. And I know that's a pain in the patoot, but honestly, you got to do it. Yeah. You you change them after after NPass has got them, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. That way, um, the people who stole your data on LastPass have out-of-date data. I got you. Okay. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt, but uh, okay, that's what I was afraid you were going to say. Yeah. yeah. yeah sorry. I, mean, I, and, I, they, I never got any kind of notification from them, and somebody said, well, you know, it's, we got it. But they always downplay this stuff, and apparently it's pretty significant when you read some of these other articles written it was sometimes incredibly by significant. or third oh, It was in uh, their blog. I would have thought they would have emailed it to registered customers, but well, if you didn't, if you didn't register your email address or use a different email address now... You, or, or it went in your junk folder. It does say that, that GoTo, who's the parent company of LastPass, GoTo right. is exactly. making contact with affected customers directly ah. and advising those who were impacted to reset passwords and reauthorize their uh, multifunction authorization settings out of an abundance of caution. So if they haven't right. contacted you, you may not have been one of the affected users or they haven't gotten to or you. Haven't yeah. Got to you. yeah now right, right. so LastPass itself is a, is, a, is a decent program right and this can happen to anybody that's part of the problem right it's not yeah. we're not blaming go to for lax procedures although clearly right. somebody was lax somewhere yeah yeah well i i know you guys like in so i thought i'd just to run it by us so i think that's a good idea i'll, I'll get that all right uh, thanks a lot gentlemen appreciate all right, it thank, thank you, you. One of the things I like about NPass, and I think LastPass does this and several others as well, is you can say, I'm putting this on, I want the the um, vault to be on my Google Drive. So here's my LastPass, excuse me, my NPass password. Encrypt my vault on my computer, then upload it to my Google Drive. Yep. Now it depends entirely on how strong your password is as to how well encrypted your vault is. If your password is 12345, you're not really protected at all. If it's trust no one or any that sort of, you know, you're not protected at all. <laughs> but if your five. password is is some sort of 
you know, 15 character upper lower numbers everything thing, you're you're in pretty good shape. And once it's on your thumb uh, your your Google Drive, you can then access exactly the same vault from all your devices. Yep. So if I save a password at home and I then look at my phone, it's there. Yeah. And many of the password managers use the Have I Been Pwned database, and you can go there yourself, uh, haveibeenpwned.com, um, and and you can see if your email address has been uh, uh, lost in a public breach, and you can also check your passwords. The password 12345 has been seen in 2,570,000 breaches. Yep, yep. <laughs> so pr- probably don't use that one. Yeah. Right. How about 12456? That's the same password I have on my luggage. 37 million times oh, it's that, been that seen. All right, to the, back to the phones. Our next caller is Greg from Rochester, New York. Hi, Greg. What's up? Hey, uh, uh, thanks for being on the radio. You guys are freaking awesome. Thanks. Um, uh, I hope, hopefully, I've got something here that's an A, easy fix, and B, I can do it, <laughs> and that uh, C, you've actually heard about before. So, Windows, uh, I have a Windows 10. It's an HP machine. It's a good machine. It's an i7 chip. It's, uh, I got lots of memory, lots of gigs. Uh, I got, it, it's a good machine. Um, Windows was hounding me for an update. I did an update about three days ago, four days ago, and, uh, out of the blue, uh, or actually out of the wind, uh, Lynn came down and knocked my, um, green light network's, um, uh, line down. Now, I've been using uh, Wi-Fi because I just never uh, got the uh, uh, hardwire line up to this computer. Sure. Uh, and it was fine. It was working fine. And then when the green light line went down, of course, uh, there's no Internet. 24 hours later, they fixed it. Everything's fine. They put up a new line. Every other unit in the house is fine, okay? I have now... After the update, after the um, um, new uh, green light line, uh, I have zero, zero available networks on this computer, which was working perfectly fine till the line went down. Now, I've done the um, reboots of both the um, modem and the uh, wireless router, unplugged them, did all of that, reset the uh, – or. Um, um, uh, uh, restarted the computer, shut it down, followed the uh, uh, troubleshooting thing on the Windows 10, and I've got nothing. Now, I'm going to be forced to use the hard line, unless maybe you guys have heard this before, but I've got nothing. And when it says available networks, nothing. I brought the laptop into the room. The laptop picks up the uh, Wi-Fi, no problem. Yeah, that, so I'm, losing I'm Internet would have had nothing to do with your Wi-Fi network. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I so wouldn't think so. Unrelated. So, yeah. what, now you you're saying it works if you plug it in hardwired, but doesn't work if you use a net, if you use Wi-Fi. Uh, no, no, no. I, I have a hardwire that I've got to run all the way down to the basement uh, to hook it up. And I, I was going to set up this computer that way. I just never did because the uh, Wi-Fi popped up right away. All right, so I would try that first and see if that works. Unless it's easier to move the computer up to where the router is. Right. If it does work, if the hard wire works, it is possible that, that, and I'm I'm sure it's more coincidence than cause and effect, um, you've somehow lost the 
um, a driver for your Wi-Fi. And it, that's actually a known problem with a couple of updates from Windows. Okay, I knew it. I knew so it. what you would need to do is reinstall um, the Wi-Fi drivers uh, into into Windows, and that's a that's a fairly extensive process. Um, uh, but it is it is certainly doable. Um, you go into the network. Look, there's. I would search, reinstall Windows 10 Wi-Fi driver. But the but the basics is. Um, I was going to say, shouldn't he first make sure since this is all redone, resetting it because of uh, green light to make sure in the router that Wi-Fi has been turned back on. Well, his other laptop, his laptop works without with what? Li- yeah, uh, with Wi-Fi. Okay. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Part. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so, and all the phones, all the phones uh, pick up the Wi-Fi, no problem. Right. So okay. in your device manager under network adapters, uh, you click action, scan for hardware changes. It should find the missing driver and where's reinstall the, where's it. The device, where's the device manager on this computer? I, I'm finding it's in the control uh, panel. You got to go into the control panel of Windows. What and. How do I how do I find that? Because all I can you know there's a little settings. search you know the little search bar down in the lower left. Uh, yeah. Okay, just type control either panel. control panel or device manager yeah. into that. Yeah, device manager take you right to it. Oh uh, well, actually, when I click on uh, the little Windows logo, uh, I don't get no, not the Windows logo. Right to the right of it, there's a little search bar area, a white area. Next to the, uh, the magnifying glass that you yeah. can type in, you can type in, and in that little uh, space just to the right of the um, star Windows, button, logo. Windows logo, you can type in device manager, two different words, you know, two separate words, hit enter, and it'll or search, click the search, it'll find it, open it up it'll, in the device manager. It'll do the search as you're typing. Yeah, so right. you, may, you may not have to type that many characters, and it will okay, then. I, I don't have. I don't have that. It's not here on this on this freaking computer. All right, I've got the. I've you got, got the your taskbar taskbar down at the bottom, right? Uh, lo- well, yeah, all the little logos that are down there. For, all right, uh, in the lower left hand corner is the Windows logo, right. right? Right. To the right of that, is there a white area? Nope. Is there a little um, magnifying glass? Magnifying glass? Nope. Nope. It's well, not can, a real old computer. You either. can click on the Windows logo and, and type control panel, and it will jump you down to there. Then you can go to device manager. But the Windows search should be there. Yeah. Unless it's been turned off. There's, not, there's nothing here. This is why I, I found the uh, in settings view hardware and connection properties and under local area con- uh, connection microsoft wi-fi direct virtual adapter not present disconnected that that's about as close as i can that's, find to that's anything. why you have to go into the device manager and add, and add the device driver back yeah okay it sounded like it would be something simple like that all right to get your search bar back right click the taskbar. Okay. Select taskbar settings. Taskbar settings. 
and there should okay. be somewhere on that thing you may have to scroll it says there's a search switch and that's probably off and you have to turn that on then you can do okay. all the rest of it and i'm sorry we're out of time okay i'll figure it out thanks yeah you will okay thanks uh well that's it we're uh, we're done for another week um i want to thank everybody who called in quite lively this week very nice i want to thank dave enright i want to thank steve ray I'm Nick Francesco. This show, um, I got to say, like I said for the first hour, it went fast. Um, And that's all on you. That's great. Um, We love that. Make the calls uh, and we will take the questions. But uh, we're done for another week. Um, We'll be back next week with a whole lot more of the longest running computer show in the known universe. Sound bites right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that we are member supported. Jazz 90.1. We will see you. In just 166 hours, be good to one another, will you?